psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Is a Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the, opportunity. the opportunity. The opportunity. So like I was, so like I was saying, yeah, CBD oil. Um, that did you listen to that? I, one? I haven't had a chance to listen to that one. I just saw it was on the uh, queue. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's extremely beneficial. It's it's really good. It should totally not be illegal. Um, it doesn't even get you high, right? No, it does not get you high. There's no psychoactive components. All right, so I'm gonna start the show. Welcoming to Mike Delic for the first time, we have BK Chris. Thanks for having me. I like this show. I yeah. actually, I liked, uh, I, was, I was listening to the first one, and I liked the uh, idea of cognitive liberty. I thought that was very good. Because I, I ran into Dave, Dave Smith the other day, yeah. and we were talking about it, and I was just like, I feel like libertarianism is so rooted in skepticism that a lot of, like, a guy like Penn Jillette can't wrap his head around why somebody would do psychedelic drugs. Right. I like the fact that you're doing this, you know what I mean? I just feel like it, it totally connects, you know what I mean? The two the two connect. It just makes sense for me. Like if if you if you want to be open to kind of a different way of uh of thinking, what there's no better way to kind of crack your mind open than than doing oh, some yeah, psychedelics, absolutely. you know? Yeah. It just and the f- whole freedom of thought and freedom of mind thing, I mean, it's really um, really works for me. So, yeah, you're from High Society Radio, which is also here at, at Gas Digital. Tell the exactly. tell the people real quick. Yeah, High Society Radio, uh, Thursday nights at seven. GasDigitalNetwork.com. You you know iTunes, wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to that. Yeah, pretty much. Just go check it out. Uh, it's me, Pepper Hicks from Bennington, and uh, Bronx Johnny from the Old Ron and Fez show. We, so you guys got yeah, you guys have uh, got uh, two guys on the show with uh, Burrow nicknames. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I got saddled with this. Uh, no, it's not. It's not like it's not like I chose that name. Yeah. It's, uh, it it just kind of happened because Ron, when we were doing demos for just Ron and Fez, uh, they just Ron didn't know my last name, so yeah. he just started referring to me as uh, Pepper's friend Chris from Brooklyn. And it just kind of stuck. Oh, okay. So is it Chris from Br- Brooklyn or BK? I, my name is Chris Vega. Everybody okay, knows Chris it. They're Vega. posting it on Reddit to, uh, to troll me. I know Dave one. Dave introduced you as BK Chris. Then you have Chris from Brooklyn. Okay, so. I feel like it gives me some sort of plausible deniability if I ever need to get a square job. Like you can't really Google my name and then find me yelling cunt into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. We're talking about uh, psychedelic drugs, which I feel like could, you know, could go either way. I yeah, it could. I mean, I think things are starting to open up a little bit more now. I mean, we're definitely living through I think what's considered to be like a psychedelic renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Some people are, you know, that that's what that's what I, at least I when I when I research and read about stuff, like I this is what I hear and you know, this weekend Burning Man is going on and there's like tons of people from Silicon Valley and that's true. artists and all walks of life that are out in the desert doing all kinds of stuff and getting weird, yeah. getting well, real weird. I think it's like it's kind of like you know like, like you said the spirit of this show is like uh you gotta 
if you you got to open your mind up. I mean, like if you look at me or even you, right? Like we're two guys who probably should be like just based on aesthetics, we should be laying bricks somewhere and going back to our houses <laughs> in Staten Island at the end of the day, right? But you know, I severed my ties to the Catholic Church after my first time taking acid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's it's just like I think you just kind of need that if you want something more from life. You know, you need a little tweak. And all those guys are super rich. Yeah, that's not the first time that I've heard that, man. I remember one of my friends from back home was like, what the hell are you doing, you fucking hippie? You should be laying bricks, you dumb dago. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said to I, me. When I, opened my restaurant, when I opened my restaurant, I remember my uncle's buddy being like, what do you want to do that for? You just go, you should just take a civil service test. You know, you do your 20 and you're out. I was like, I haven't murdered anyone. That sounds like a prison sentence. <laughs> right. You just described prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do your 20 and then, you're, yeah, you get yeah. your fucking pension afterwards, you know. Meanwhile, we're sitting in a room where we get paid to talk into microphones. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it's way. I mean, not not as much as laying bricks, but you know. I mean, it's a little better than that when you say. I mean, it's, it's the, definitely I a better the, job, even if it's not paying well. Right. As you well. know, it just gave me like a funny thought. There's not really. You think about like the typical kind of like gangster Italian guy. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine. What like say like four of those guys all decided to take mushrooms together, dude? I'm fucking tripping my goddamn fucking brajol off yeah, over here. <laughs> I remember I ended up the worst mushroom trip I ever had was these girls. Uh, my buddy calls me and goes, "I need to get mushrooms for these girls," and then he shows up at my house and he goes, "We need to go do mushrooms with these girls." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause they want to go to a club on mushrooms, and I'm not gonna let them do that." So we went and tripped with them, but they just, they were like, you know, like Italian girl, like Bay Ridge girls. Yeah. And they just lost their fucking minds. Like, they were just like, this girl was like crying, then laughing, then crying. I thought they were going to die. And I, I never meant the, to give you mushrooms, girl. Oh, it was, I never meant to bring you. <laughs> it was rough. It was, that was a rough one. And because I didn't, it was the first time I ever met these two girls. And then, like, the responsibility was falling on you. Like, you kind of in this weird these girls way, and, like, kind right? of just like tell them what you can't was just happening l- to them. Throw them away. Yeah. Yeah, what did you tell them? I was uh, well. The best advice I ever got was the first time I ever took shrooms. I was, fucking, which was when uh, I was maybe seventeen, sixteen, something like that. Okay, and I was freaking the fuck out. I had to. I actually stormed out of a key food, but I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, I was I was <laughs> outside took freaking out. Key food. Okay. I went into. People made me go get beer. Is this the psilocybin a, section over here? Well, no. I I just always had a beard, so people okay. were like, "You're the oldest looking. Go get us beer." Okay, and I'm like, "No." I don't want to go in there. Right. Because I know if I go in there, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Leave me alone. And they made me. Yeah. And I went in there. I couldn't even buy the beer. Like, I, I was hearing voices and shit, and I was trying to pay. And the, I remember the cashier just going, no, sweetie, it's not your turn yet. It's his turn. I'll get you in a second. Nice cashier. And just being yeah. like, I got to go. And I just left. And I just went outside. And, and, the, and this kid, Paul, and I just slammed the money into this kid, Josh's hands. And uh, I was like, you got to fucking do it. I can't do it. I don't even want beer. What the fuck? It's the one time I don't want beer. I'm not. I'm not drinking. Yeah. And uh, this kid Paul goes, Chris, you need to calm down. You're on drugs. Uh, it's 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 gonna be over soon, and you'll wish it wasn't. And that's the best advice you can ever get on drugs. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be over sooner than you think, and when it is, you'll wish it wasn't. Is right. exactly what he said. And I'll never forget that because every time you come back from a trip now, like even DMT, you know what I mean? It feels like forever, and then you come back and you're like, oh, I kind of wish that was a little longer. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's and it's the, one of the more intense trips you'll ever take. Yeah, it's 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 totally like riding a wave, you know. Like if you oh, ever yeah. surf or, or whatever, like that's I think the best analogy that that I've heard. It's like it, it, if it's choppy, if it's bumpy, you just gotta like you just gotta go with it. 
You just have to like, or yeah. or you know when they even say when the if you're getting sucked out by like the the tide, mm-hmm. you know, in the ocean, you just you go. Oh, yeah, you, you're supposed to go with it until the riptide ends, and then, and then swim you swim towards shore. Yeah. So it's all it's like this maneuvering, this kind of dance. You're not supposed to like fight it, and I think a lot of people fight it because they don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah, yeah. They forgot that they took uh, a very strong psychedelic. Yeah, and their world is crumbling in front of them. I don't even. <laughs> it's think, horrifying. Yeah, I don't even way. think it's that. I think it's a lot of people go into these things uneducated in uh-huh. any way. like I mean the first time I took shrooms but here's the, I mean some people just have the ability that you take some drugs and you go oh that's what this is right like okay so now I can I can do that again some people are just like no never again fuck that I hate that yeah just cause your your mind I think you just your natural inclination is like you said with a riptide that's why people get stuck out to sea or even like I remember the first time I went scuba diving yeah like I couldn't regulate my breathing and go under the water because it was choppy and the guy I was just in this shitty place in Aruba and the yeah. guy, guy goes just don't worry man I got you just breathe in and as soon as I breathed in he just shoved me underwater oh. but once I was a foot underwater I was like this is the most amazing thing ever like once you're in it once you're letting it happen I think that's a great like yeah. with drugs like once you're there you're there and that's it's the it's, it's what it is like I don't know like, you've had a breakthrough DMT experience before yeah definitely okay like I remember the first time I did well, the only time I did because I've been scared of it since is I sat and just I just had a vaporizer and I almost got there and I, it got weird I saw the like uh, geometric stuff and then I just like stopped and I let it co- I let myself come back and I was like nah that's not it I gotta get there and then I just sat there sat there and then all of a sudden you know I, I did it was the stereotypical the things came out of the ceiling they were talking to me mm-hmm. the two beings they were just like kind of letting me know like, yeah all those feelings you had about the world around you they're kind of valid like, this is this is some va- validation to all mm-hmm. the way you felt every time you've ever done drugs. So here we are. We're letting you know. Don't fuck with those. Like, don't abuse those. Don't don't abuse what uh, the drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's there. We're here. You you were right. Yeah. There's something going on that you can't experience. Yeah. It's like it's it is weird. It's 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 it it becomes so hard to describe. Yeah. Especially to someone that's never even done it before. You know, or never done yeah, exactly. Never done anything like never even maybe smoked weed before it's, it's hard to like <laughs> to them it's like ah you know some bullshit who cares you know it's not real whatever it's like even if it's not real the experience st- like what is real you know what i mean and i don't, I don't want to get all like fucking esoteric and shit but but, no, but you have a good point. when it comes to the stronger psychedelics mushrooms dmt acid right like yeah. those are pretty much those are the big three right yeah 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 why do people always Feel and experience similar things. Like I right. heard you guys talking about um, the mushrooms were talking to you uh, mm-hmm. when I was listening to you had your friend Mookie on, right? Yeah, and he that happens to people. Like my buddy, I I used to grow as like a hobby. I would grow some shrooms in a fish tank in my back room, right? And I like my buddy called me. He's like, "Yo, can I have some of those?" And I was like, uh, I, "What if something happens to you? I don't want to be responsible." For it. He's like, "Come on, man, come on." And he was like, he calls me the next day, and this is like a big. This is a very scary person. Mm-hmm. He has a bad trip on my mushrooms. He's gonna beat the shit out of me. Like. <laughs> Fucking, and he goes, uh, he goes, yo, man, I was, uh, I was ready to front and say that your shrooms didn't work, but uh, then I was passing by a tree and there was other mushrooms on the ground, and they started saying like, just stop fronting, man. You know, Chris's shrooms are the shit. <laughs> so that happens to people. Yeah, yeah, but uh, like what I'm saying is, it, it's also. It, it doesn't. It kind of like doesn't matter if it is quote unquote all in your head mm-hmm. or if it is actually real. Yeah, you're yeah. still getting the experience. You're still you know laughing and having yeah. fun. You're still having a profound experience. You know whatever it is. Uh, you're still resetting the clock. It's like a vacation. It is, and that's why they call it a trip. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's exactly that's exactly why. But yeah, I mean, the, this this like. 
I just think that we're we're in a point in time right now where like we really fucking we really need it, you know. Like we really need psychedelics to be like mainstreamed into the culture in the same way that like alcohol is. I mean, like think about it. Think about if we I had disagree. Think about if we had like as much of a mainstream of psychedelics. Including and that includes marijuana as alcohol, you know, commercials, it's sporting events. Hey, like smoke a joint and go play baseball or well, whatever it is. Maybe but, not quite to that level because I actually one thing. Oh, that, you just can't imagine it yet. It's coming. No, though. it's not that. It's that I see this um, this laissez-faire attitude towards weed. Yeah, and I feel like South Park did it right when they were like, "Well, uh, it just makes it easy to be bored." You know what I mean? Like, uh, and when you're bored is when you should be learning a new skill. And like, I just find this thing, this like, uh, it's like a, because I can't smoke weed anymore. I can't get anything fucking done if I smoke weed. Mm. I smoke a little mm. weed by myself at night to sleep. Yeah. Like, but, it, it, and it's just somehow this normalization and this uh, pretending that this thing is good for you or it makes you creative. And I'd say 90% of people that smoke weed don't get more creative on I weed. think it does. I think it does make you more creative. I think it, for a very sparse few people, I well, think. Here's the thing. I think that I think we like weed is just like everything else, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Like let's not pretend that it's like oh, this like magical thing that's good for everyone and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's got a lot of benefits to it like we were talking about before. CBD is probably really good for pain, arthritis yeah. and seizures, little girls with seizures and stuff. There's no doubt that there's like therapeutic holistic benefits for that marijuana that it's like an amazing plant. There's so many compounds, there's so many things it could do. But yeah, I mean it's it's also still something that alters your consciousness yeah. and can get you, you know, quote unquote fucked up, you know, if you don't use it the right way or if it just doesn't agree with you. you know, yeah, some, yeah, pe- yeah. some people just it just doesn't agree with them. Some people alcohol doesn't agree with, you know, so you should probably. No, but that's what I'm saying is like, all right, like there's a time and a place for alcohol, right? Like yeah. social set situations amongst adults is the time and place for alcohol. Like if I was sitting, if it was if it was 10 in the morning and I was drinking a bottle of whiskey, you'd be like. Dude, what the fuck? But it's you know, it's what like you, Charles Bukowski. Exactly. Like, but it's getting towards like it's getting towards evening time. And if I had a glass of whiskey, it wouldn't be that weird. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a time and a place for it. And I feel like with weed, this like the normalization of it, particularly, has been like, yeah, you can smoke weed all day, you'll be fine. There's, you can't overdose on it. Alcohol kills so many people. Like I just like no, like go to class. Because I just know how much how much class I didn't go to because of smoking weed. Right. Well, I'm, I I see what you're saying. I mean, it's like you know. You don't want to be you don't want to be telling people that to do it all day and stuff like that. It definitely does have some you know induces some effect on you. Some people you yeah. know feel like they get lazy or whatever. But I think that um, for me personally, like I love smoking weed and like working out. I, I feel like really in the zone. I feel like everything else is completely. You know, I'm not. I'm just in the zone. I just it's this guy Stephen Kotler. He's uh he's got he's known um, the kettlebell guy. No, he's like uh, he's like this scientist dude. He he wrote a Steve book. Cotter, never mind. Steve, yeah, Stephen Kotler. Uh, he wrote a book called the. Um, what did he write? I think some with this other guy, Peter Diamandis. I, I forget exactly what the book. I think it's called Abundance. Mm-hmm. It might be the name of it. But um, he's known for like hacking flow states. Like that's his thing. Okay. He, and he's associated with this with this project called the F- uh, Flow Genome Project. And basically, what it what it is, it's like when I say in the zone, that's like when you're flowing. Like when a musician mm-hmm. is like just making making okay. music and you're just in that fucking moment and nothing else matters time doesn't exist so he's like all about hacking flow states and i remember he had a book that was like 10 steps to do it you could do it right away you know whatever and one of them was uh smoke a joint drink a cup of coffee go for a run 
And that's like that's a way that you can really get Those in the zone. Things Those three things combined, like in that order. Mm. Smoke a joint, drink coffee, go for a run. So I tried it out and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is awesome. Like I was running on the treadmill. My mm. mind was so open. I was having all these ideas. I was like, oh, I got to do this. I was just writing down ideas all the time. So for me, it worked. I don't know. Maybe maybe like maybe i wanted it to work and like my mind was like biased and i just yeah, like I mean, did those things anyway so i don't know but i mean for me personally i think it works so i think weed can can make you definitely make you more creative um a friend of mine is like a painter mm-hmm. smokes weed paints that's the you know. one thing I, I honestly think painters i think i'll give a pass to but yeah. i i honestly like uh i just know so i'll many, give a pass no no in all honesty like uh if it if it does help you with a block that's fine yeah. but uh i know all these musicians who are like yeah just get stoned and play and I'm like, all right, how much did you write? Right. Well, you know, it's just playing. So you didn't do anything. Well, there's no, there's no doubt about it. You just that, got high yeah, and did yeah. a thing you like. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it that weed definitely does make you a little less ambitious. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You that's, know, I in, mean, that's in, kind of the thing I'm talking. In about. terms of like organize, like I know for sure. It, like if I if I like I write. So when I'm writing, I feel like it's really good to write high, but then. You gotta edit. Sober. I gotta edit sober. Yeah, exactly. You know saying. what I mean? Like, like Hemingway would like drink. I think he. I think he's known to have that quote. Uh, Hemingway said, uh, uh, "Write drunk, edit sober," mm. or something like that. So, but it definitely the creative juices definitely flow out of you. I think mo- more, and they enhance you. Like one of my favorite things to do also is is get really stoned and go see a movie. Now I'm not really being productive, but. I feel the creativity notched up in my brain. Like, I went to go see Star Trek Beyond. Okay. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm fucking high. I got the vape pen in the theater. That would be a cool place. Now, imagine, like, I don't know if in Colorado or Washington if they have this already, but, like, what I'm talking about is when we when we have more mainstreaming and legalizing of, of, of psychedelics and marijuana, that there'll be, like, movie theaters for, like, a movie theater, and there'll be, like, a, a section for, like, 18 only or whatever, you know, the smoking section. So you can get, yeah. They'll, yeah, maybe they, they even sell it there. It would be nice if they the had, price. Like, That would be awesome. they had, like, Mushroom Day at the museum. Yeah. That would be a nice You go thing. to the MoMA, and it's like, okay, like, or you could just, it's just okay to take them, and nobody bothers you. You know, nobody's like. Yeah. I, just, you, I went to the Natural History Museum on acid once, and it was a very strange day. Like, yeah, because people just look at you. There's all these children there. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. Just yeah, having adults only. That would be a nice normalization of the drugs. I just yeah. feel like human beings have this tendency of like, like even think about like alcohol culture is too much. And I'm I, I'm a totally. very heavy drinker. Yeah. And I just think the culture surrounding like people are regularly trying to get me to day drink with them all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't drink during the day. I'm sorry, I just don't. Yeah. I, I don't like to. Maybe once a year at a parade. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. If somebody's like, I got free tickets to a daytime Mets game, okay, I'll have a couple of beers. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not going to the beach on Saturday at noon, every Saturday at noon, and getting fucking loaded. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I, I just, that's what I, that's what I kind of, that was kind of my, I think we got off of it. That was kind of my point with the week. Right. And I'm worried that, that that'll happen. Well, yeah, I think it's like, but it's just, you got to treat it like everything. You know what I mean? And I agree. And I think there are some people in this kind of movement that are like, you know that, that marijuana is better than alcohol, and we should do it all the time. And like you were saying, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just like anything, though. It's like drinking juice is probably good for you, right? Like yeah. uh, doing yoga is good for you. Like, but you shouldn't just do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just there's certain times and places for it, and that's kind of like more more of what I'm getting at. Like, I'd like to see more of a normalization of it. I'd like to see more people educated to like the facts about it because 
who the fuck wants to get high and then be out in public all paranoid that they're going to get in trouble or arrested or people, or just are, people looking are looking at them, at them. weird? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially... I mean, when you're a kid, I feel like there's kind of a cool aspect to it. You know, you're like, yo, fucking meet me behind the building. We're going to smoke a joint. Like, yeah. Like, you're all laughing with your friends. Like, yeah. yo, don't, don't say anything. We're fucking high. Like, they know, you know. There's kind of this, like, camaraderie between, like, teens and stuff. But yeah. you, you don't really need that. In a world of legalization, still be able to, to do that. Well, I mean, people would probably still look at, like, a bunch of 14-year-olds smoking weed and be like, hey, kids, you're not supposed to be smoking weed. Like, Oh, yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> not, that's still going to exist. Like that. Damn it, rats! Yeah, I'm uh, just thinking back to my 14 year old self. Just how I actually probably started smoking weed at maybe 15. It was yeah, 15. But yeah, I mean, like, I guess yeah. The thing, yeah, the thing with kids, like, obviously, you have to make it like 18 and over. You know, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, just to be I, respectable. I mean, I guess you have to, but I mean, I feel like parents should just be like, I don't want you smoking weed. Like, this 18 is a stupid number. Yeah. Let's just fade for everything. It's arbitrary. It's, yeah, it's just arbitrary. Right. It's just an arbitrary milestone. Like it's kind of just like um, either you do the not in my house thing, or you just go, "Man, I think you're ready to smoke weed. Just smoke weed on the weekends and not when you're supposed to be at school. And as long as your grades don't slip, I'm not going to give you any shit. Yeah, that could be at 15. Yeah. Yeah. Even with, I mean, maybe not with booze because your organs are still developing. Well, see, that's that's a really good point you make because I love I love that like. That style of parenting. Now, my, mm-hmm. my parents weren't like that. My parents were very authoritarian and aggressive, and it only just caused me to like rebel more. You I, know? Think that is, I think that's the case for most people. Yeah, but I love that style of parenting where it's like, look, you're gonna, I know you're going to do shit. Just don't do it in front of me as long as your grades don't slip. You know, it's kind of a mutual wink-wink kind yeah. of benefit, you know. And I think you know that's the way that the the law should be. That's the way that we should organize society. I mean, you you have people. I mean, optimally, optimally that would be great, right? I mean, there's all these, but instead we have all these assholes that want to like arrest people and put them in prison. Well, I think it's just that people need to people need to have something. People need the number eighteen to wrap their head around. Right. They just need it. Yeah. It's just like because. People, I mean, whatever. Well, you guys you know, talk the, about this on part of the, the human the brain time, right? doesn't stop growing until uh, I mean, age twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, say. So older. what the fuck's eighteen? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's just a thing that they invented. You right. know what I mean? Now you can't smoke cigarettes until you're twenty-one. Like, what is different now? Oh, really? Yeah. Now I in New York know City, that. I know a kid who's like, you know, a kid in the neighborhood who's like nineteen. Is like, yeah, I can't buy cigarettes, and he's he's been smoking since he's fifteen. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that fucks that fucks people up. I remember my, my uncle, uh, he when he was nineteen is when they raised the drinking age. One of my older uncles was just like, Yeah, that fucking sucked. They'll be able to go to bars. You don't get and, like, like grandfathered chicks. in? No. Nobody <laughs> got grandfathered in. They just all That's of a sudden bullshit, like twenty one, sorry boss. Like but yeah, exactly. People just need these arbitrary numbers. Look, look, the age of consent in England is sixteen. Right. Oh really? Is it really? Yeah, most of Europe is sixteen. Oh nice. I haven't you know, I haven't been to I mean, I don't England. know that I need that. I'm just saying it's an arbitrary number. Because, like, what was that Dave Chappelle bit? Like, how old is 16 really? You right, I mean? right, like, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I... I well, you're, that's a really good point, actually, because some people, like, mature faster than other people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you really know? Yeah, it is kind of like a just dumb kind of society thing. The, the state that we're in right now, we need these, like, blanket rules well, and we guys, need these blanket laws and you, stuff. You yeah. guys cover this on part of the problem, right? So, like, the state is just there. Like, people don't want to think. Right. That's another reason why you're not, like, you don't see a mainstream acceptance of psychedelics. The fact of the matter is if people wanted this, it would exist. Mm. It would, you would have it. But I think most people want, like, cocaine. Like, most people, they, that's, look at the, uh, 
the uh, popularity of Adderall. Most right. people don't want psychedelics. They want cocaine. Well, it's been pushed on them, you know. I think I, it's, it's also awesome. Like, let's not, let's not deride <laughs> the, be- the health benefits of cocaine. But. No, look, I'm not going to deny it. I mean, there, cocaine, I've definitely done a lot of cocaine. But cocaine's the kind of drug where it's just, uh, it's very temporary, you know. It's, it's like a toy. It, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like just, those old e-pills you would take. You just well, those are cool. Those yeah, are. but like, you're just like, it's just a toy. It's not yeah. like, you're not... Like, if I eat mushrooms, I need to be in the woods. I learned right. that early on. Yes. Like you need to be in the woods. Set and setting. Yeah. It's just, but with that, it's just like, I'll eat that wherever and just run around an apartment or run around a club or like, as long as I have water, you're fine. It's a toy. It's not like, that's not mind expanding. Like, MDMA is, is definitely good for, I mean, I think the only time I ever got actual MDMA powder in my entire life, I feel like I've been getting fed fake shit forever, mm. is... You know, I had like an emotional breakdown. I didn't right. even know how to fucking feel the way I was feeling. Yeah. And like, that's the kind of thing that's like, all right, let's like, if people don't want that though, like, because you would, it, you would have it, because there'd be a market for it. Well, there like, is. There's a black market for it. Yeah, but there. Yeah, but it's not as big as the e pills were when we were kids. And like, it's pretty 90s. fucking big, man. Yeah, but all that Molly that you're yeah. getting, that's not. It's two ci. It's all. It's all fake. No. I'm telling you, it's all bath salts. Like no way. Test it. Test it next time you get some. You <laughs> Maybe. Can get a tester. It'll, it's good. I'll bet. I bet money that the guy you get Molly from is selling you two CI. Well, I I don't. First of all, I don't really get Molly anymore. Okay. And 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 in New York, it is it, it's definitely different. But like most of the time when I take it, I'll I've I've taken it at music festivals. Mm-hmm. Oh and- yeah, that's where you'll get. Then you'll get something pure. Cause then it's people that are. Like, well, I have a friend community. who's like, a, you know, he got, he's like a scientist and he okay. like knows people. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, so whenever I make that, every year I go to Coachella Music Festival, mm-hmm. and I think it, this year was actually the only year that I didn't go. But the first year I went, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like being surrounded by two hundred thousand people, ninety percent of them on real Molly. Mm-hmm. LSD, mushrooms, yeah, combination yeah, yeah. of everything, in a place that's built for people on that stuff, listening to the greatest music of our time. Yeah. There, there's like a collective kind of like love and experience. So in that setting, you can't tell me that those people aren't like, no, we don't want that. They want that. There's yeah, a lot. True. There's a lot of people that want that. Yeah. I think what you're thinking of I think just is mass society, society in general. There. You're thinking of like middle of the country, white bread, American people. But I'm not even. I'm even thinking about a lot of the people that go there. Look, here's the thing. I've been. I've sat around a table. Yeah. Doing drugs yeah. with people who are sitting there going, "Hey, can you just have this be legal?" People would just be doing it. Like, you you see the massive pile of powder, right? Like, yeah. That we we're doing it anyway. With no problem. Yeah. And I can call somebody and get a different one that will bring us to the other end of the spectrum delivered. No problem. Right. Like, it, it, it's available, and people, but people just don't like in a, in this weird way. It's the uh, the reason why cigarette tax is so high isn't because the government wants more money. It's because people are just like, well, I shouldn't be smoking anyway. Go ahead, raise the taxes. Right. Like, people were actually outraged over it, but like people are like, oh, I shouldn't. We shouldn't be doing this. Drugs. Like, there's still there's a on. level of sin involved, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a lot of it has to do with religion. I think too is oh, people yeah. think that they're not, you know, they're not pure. That it's wrong, and I hear a lot of people talking this way too especially about like even like weed like people be like oh yeah like uh, it got really fucked up like oh i gotta calm down or so, i don't know just the way the language that people associate like with it and they make it seem like it's a bad drug 
You know, like, oh, we used to do bad drugs. Like, we used to get fucked up. And one of my friends said that to me. I'm like, well, they're not were bad. Just, yeah. We just had the, our conception of what they what we were doing. We had no, well, no one fucking tells like you. Dicks on it. You know what I mean? Like, it's also like you can just be a dick. Like, you, you could, know yeah. Well, you, if you're just, a, if you're acting like a dick and you're high, you're just a dick. Well, yeah. That, no, <laughs> you're that's just a dick. Like, yeah. No, it's like people have, all right, look, there's a difference between having a drink and being an alcoholic. You know what right, I mean? It's like right. that kind of level of stuff. So it's like, you weren't doing bad drugs because they're inanimate objects. You were abusing drugs. Yeah. You were doing something. Like For sure, yeah. And I, 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 this guy, I remember I was arguing with him on Twitter. He's like, because uh, I said something about legalization and everything, and then he goes, and would you say the same for heroin? And I was like, yeah. Absolutely. And he goes, and he goes, what do you, you just want to live in a society where people are just doing heroin all over? I'm like, well, actually, they they already are. Um, I'm not yeah, sure if you're I, I'm aware. Sure if heroin we have a heroin like yeah. epidemic. I would because a lot of white people are overdosing now, so it's an epidemic now. Well, I'd have two friends that would definitely still be alive if heroin was legal because they yeah. wouldn't have gotten shitty. Me too. Heroin I have, laced well, at least crap. one. Yeah. Yeah, like they wouldn't have gotten shitty heroin laced with crap that fucking killed them. Right. There'd be a there would be a demand for labeling that involved potency, so people would know what they were fucking doing. That doesn't exist. Right. You just get a fucking piece of wax paper and you fucking put it in your arm yeah like, and, and nobody cares because that guy it's a transaction he's making money yeah. it's not like he's the the you know the local heroin store where they need yeah. to develop a reputation he's probably in and out of the town whatever you know moving he's on to the, the next only one. guy the only guy that has yeah yeah, yeah and then the, yeah this whole heroin thing is crazy but you're right you brought up a good point about about that like regulation making sure that you're getting good stuff look People choose to partake in all sorts of bad activities, right? Yeah. No one's no one's arresting anyone for having a cheeseburger with uh, with French fries. No. Yet heart disease is like the number one killer. You know, cigarettes, oh, yeah. Far alcohol, more all these things that have been brought up over and over again. Nobody fucking cares. But for some reason, we have this like puritanical shame associated with getting fucked up. And the same thing goes with like prostitution and stuff like that too. It's like, oh, like, eh, we we shouldn't be doing those things, and it's not right. We need to make sure that people are not uh, putting junk in their veins and all this stuff. Well, the, I think the religious aspect comes from, I mean, back in the day, people used religion to control swaths of people. Like, if you're yeah. if you're going through the desert with a bunch of Jews, uh, you need them to not be drunk. Because you're like, we got to get to the promised land, idiots. <laughs> well, maybe they maybe Stop they were drink. drunk. Maybe that's why it took 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> Stop drinking. What is it? Uh, the... What do they call it? The fucking the what juice of the grape or whatever? Like, there's, a, there's that You're weird thing. You're drinking that quote. brew? That, yeah. The yeasting brew? I don't know. What was it called? You just, Millet? I like how you just did like a Jewy, like a uh, like a Henny Youngman, like, hey, come on. I'm trying to get you to the desert here. What are you doing? Stopping off, taking drinks every three minutes. Like, come on. We're like. never going to get there at this rate. I'm schwitzing out here. You know how hot it is? Yeah. Hey, what's the deal with the desert anyway? But yeah, but I think that's why that existed back then. I almost think it's like you know, I mean, we've all, we've both read about like the stuff where they say that like a lot of mushroom trips were involved in the early. Well, that's um, what's his name? Uh, Strassman has a whole thing where he thinks Doctor Rick Strassman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has DMT, the spirit molecule. His, but his newest book is uh, DMT and the Soul of Prophecy. Right. Because he thinks that, uh, that all the old older prophets. Had higher levels of natural DMT in their body, and that's how they, they were uh, they were doing this stuff. There was also like a weird theory that like the burning bush might have just been like a DMT bush, the you know acacia I mean? yeah, bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like, there's always there's always the chance that they're like, hey, you shouldn't do this because uh, we did it for you, like because they people wanted the drugs. Oh yeah, you know I mean? of course. Like, well, that's like that's, that's the whole that's the that is 
that is the top level of the that's the main tool of of oppressors of like power structures religions governments they don't want you to have like direct experience you're you're right i mean like i always say this uh, i say this on part of the problem too i'm like look if you want to have the biggest empire that the world has ever seen you know if you want to have a government if you want to have a religion where people give millions of dollars where they make millions of dollars and they have sculptures everywhere and a guy with a fucking hat who's like oh you know whatever <laughs> you know I don't know what that guy does I, every picture of the Pope he's like eh, fucking, yeah. I'm here I don't know but <laughs> if you want to have these massive like pillars of control these structural institutions you need to have people under control you need to have them like regulate you need you can't just have people getting drunk to getting high doing whatever they want because then people are going to start thinking for themselves well, they're going to organize their own shit until they're you not have participate. the control i actually thought it was pretty funny it was like uh the legalized weed thing came this like re- real big push it's kind of why i feel like the way i was like let's stop normalizing this like uh in, in this we- in this way that, they- that i think there's a movement to do like it- it's it's just like, uh, you know, like uh, they were pushing vodka. You could get vodka for free under Soviet Russia when it got real bad. They were giving out more vodka. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's like, wait, all of a sudden everything's going to shit. There's a financial crisis. And you guys are giving us this thing that's going to make us not pay attention to it. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, have weed, guys. Just smoke all the fucking weed you want. And it just made me a little. Because like once you've built the empire, then it's like, oh, go ahead. Get fucked up. We, we already own you. Get uh, fucked up. I mean, that's, that's a funny theory. But. You let slaves brew moonshine. You know what I mean? Like, but then again, they just the DEA just rescheduled mar- or just chose not to reschedule marijuana and kept it as Schedule One with heroin. Yeah, but th- those are those are guys trying to keep their jobs because because of like Congress. The state. It's this is going to be a state to state thing. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, states are states are voting on it. I was, there was this article like, uh, no, I, I I like that point. I mean, there's something maybe to be said about that. But yeah, this year, uh, what is it like? It says in uh, Washington Post reports an unprecedented number of states will vote on marijuana this fall. So cool. So yeah, leave it up to the states. I mean, I'm cool with that. As uh, I look, I hope it. I hope it. I hope we could just have recreational marijuana. Like that. That would just be cool. I mean, we do, but we don't though. I mean, you go, do. I do. Go. Yeah, kind of. You ever uh, go smoke? Go go fucking hit a bowl. In outside, the outside yeah. you know what I mean? You're, it's, you're not going to... But, I mean, you can't drink a beer outside either. Yeah, that's true, but also no one's going to pound down your door and arrest you for having 75 cases of Budweiser in your, in your fridge. Yeah, you're right. It's just, it's this, it's this thing, yeah, look, I, I know the point that you're making, and it's so true. Look, I grew up in the suburbs of the city here. Bunch of rich kids just doing whatever the fuck they want. Nobody gives a shit. Cops come to a party, break it up, take the weed, take the beer. No one gets in trouble. There's nothing, you know. Other parts of the country, in the inner cities, places like that, people are getting fucking arrested. You know, black people. Here's the thing. Minorities, other minority this people. Is, this is a weird point, and it's kind of, it's, it's almost off topic, but I kind of think that if you're not going to legalize all drugs, don't legalize marijuana, because I think the people you're talking about are going to get hurt worse, because people aren't selling weed for the love of the game. People are selling weed because they need money, and it's low risk. People are still going to need that money if you legalize weed, and now it's at the store. They're just not going to be able to sell it, so what are right. they going to sell? They're going to sell coke. You yeah. sell ecstasy, and that those have much stiffer penalties, right? And that actually is something That's that worries point. the shit out of me. That's actually a good point. You're right. It, it's these changes need to happen kind of like all at once. There needs to be. Well, uh, I think drug prohibition just needs to end. Yeah, drug pro war, war on drugs and uh, drug prohibition. Everything the the entire like prison industrial complex and and the whole war uh, aspect yeah. of our culture too needs to end because. 
I mean, that, that's essentially, I mean, you look, take a step back and you look at our society. I mean, we're not, we're not ready for a total kind of utopia and everyone smokes weed and all psychedelics are legal yeah. and all drugs are legal and everybody's just cool with it, you know. We're, we're totally not there yet. I mean, you know, like I said before, right now Burning Man's going on. And, uh, the richest people in the world are getting to partake in all yeah, the drugs. They get to they get to do that, and that society is kind of existing like temporarily. Yeah. These societies are starting to pop up more and more, like temporarily. Like when I was talking about going to Coachella, like it's yeah. like a three week, it's a uh, two weekend thing, and it's like a temporary utopia almost, you know. But it's like obviously, this is not an example of how to organize society, but it's a potential of like where people's level of consciousness can be at, like with what we're capable of of. Of getting along. There's not a lot of fighting. People are generally good about things. Yeah. They have uh, drug harm reduction. There's this thing called the Zendo Project. It's like for people, if you're freaking out, you go to this like tent, you know, and they're like, oh, we'll take care of you because they're like experts, they're professionals, doctors, and scientists. Or they just talk you down, maybe ice you, ice you down if you're over Yeah, there. they know how to deal with people who are freaking out on psychedelics and things like that. Mm. But if you take a step back and you look at what, what where we are, and I think Bill Hicks used to say this, he's like, they want you dumb enough to just, you know, go out and drink and you know do a little blow or whatever yeah, yeah. just so you can go to work and just you know at the box factory or something and you you work your nine to five it's like, and yeah, it's like you know, the war's going on and you just don't know and you don't care and it's just that's it yeah well it's like i said before, it's like how i started this we could be laying bricks right now and just right. being like i'm gonna can't wait to get a fucking beer after this you know what i mean like well shit, i mean there's a lot of people and i know a lot of people that they're that's their world you know it's like they're they're me and you were here we're talking about bigger ideas bigger things mm-hmm you know, who the hell knows? I don't know what this is going to do, but maybe someone out there hears it, gets an idea, invents something. I don't know. But I'm interested in I'm interested in spreading these ideas. I'm interested in talking about this stuff. There's a lot of people out there that don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're just thinking Not about yet. getting that beer when the fucking when, when it's five o'clock. And there's nothing again. there's nothing wrong with no. that either. I mean, that's that's their life. And that's the, how they've been raised and stuff like that. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people that want something else. And maybe they hear something like this or they hear a guy like Joe Rogan or like maybe it's just even somebody who's very stiff. Like we were talking about before, like I said, like I think libertarianism is a uh, stemmed in skepticism. So you're ready for something else. But maybe you haven't made this step. Right. Because you're just right. being logical all the time. Right. So now they hear you on part of the problem. Then they hear this show and then they go. Eh, you know what? Maybe I'll try mushrooms, and huh. maybe that just changes their life for the better. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's just something about looking at the world at you know in a post trip. Like I said, like I I said it briefly. I was telling Dave about it the other day. I like I cut off my ties from the Catholic Church the yeah. first time I did acid because I tried. Like you know, I had the same, and it goes back to the same the same thoughts that people have. You know those thoughts you have when you're on acid, the, like one of the first times, and you're like, well, what are the electric impulses in my brain? What if that's just a soul, and you can't destroy energy? So when you die, maybe that's what goes to heaven, right? I just had that stupid thought that tons of people who are listening to this have been like, I had that thought. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Like you know what I mean? So I said it to my grandmother when I got home. Yeah. And she thought I was fucking with her huh. and like disparaging her religion and it ups- and yelled at me and it made me cry. Yeah. And I was just like, anything that can make the person that I care about the most do be that much of an asshole to me is not worthwhile to <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. And it was just like boom, like and then it's like, okay, so that's that's one thing. So if that gets somebody else listening to this, if this gets somebody that's listening to this to have an experience like that and it just makes them perceive the world differently day to day. Right. It's fucking worth it if you talk to one person. Right. Yes. You're totally right. That's a great story too. It's it's so interesting. I was just thinking about 
that reaction that people have with religion. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't get me upset. And even even with government, too, it's like, this is our country. Like, this is my religion. And they get upset and they get emotional. They get worked up. They'll get mad at you. They'll yell at you. They'll cry. Dude, if somebody was like, I don't believe in psychedelics. I don't care about your stupid mushrooms. I'd be like, well, you're right. All right. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can try it and experience it for yourself. But if you, you know, if you don't want to, that's fine with me. I'm not gonna get upset. I'm not gonna cry. And you know why? Because it's real. Yeah. Because because I'm experiencing something for myself, yeah. and I know what it is. I'm not trust. I'm not having blind faith about a fucking man in the sky. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, if I'm a good little boy, I'm gonna get to play a little harp next to a guy with a fucking beard. Yeah, that's, that's what's, the, what's the biggie line? I like black Tims and black hoodies. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't be up in heaven with the goody goodies. I like right. black Tims and black hoodies. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to do that. I don't even understand what people like. I've tried to ex- speak to people about like what they think heaven is. They're like, it's just pure bliss. And I'm like, so like two girls blowing you? Like what? Like, yeah, what, what is it exactly? Yeah, what for is eternity? That? Yeah, like and, and like they're like, oh well, you see your whole family, everyone that you ever knew. Yeah, like that doesn't sound good. The happiest moment, <laughs> the happiest moments I've ever had have been within a year of grave tragedies, right? Like the happiest you feel is after a low. So, how can there be a heaven? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there. I mean, it could be well, some weird. It was like kind of like what we said earlier in the show about people need you need like an arbitrary number to like yeah. put on things. It's like you need this seventy-two this, virgins. You need yeah you yeah you need this picture. You need this story. You need this like myth, this fable, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um. To make sense of the world, man. It's just like like the guy who's waking up and, and going to work and all he's thinking about is getting off to have a beer. His world is, is probably all figured out because, you know, they told him that he's gonna if he's good, he goes and there's a man in the sky and he's gonna have, you know, blowjobs or whatever in heaven. You know, the Muslim guy, seventy two virgins, yeah. whatever. They have this story, they have everything figured out. The government, we're killing people over there because for good, we're fighting for freedom. All these things they, they just believe, they buy it and they, they can you can box it away and you can put it in the back of your mind and say, Don't need to think about that. Don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. All I got to worry about is just going to have a beer, seeing if I can get my wife to give me a blowjob. Yeah, yeah, because it's all, it's all it's all, it's laid out there for you. But I, I don't understand. Here's the thing: what what I don't understand what people think. I guess we're, it, we're the wrong people to have this conversation because we don't neither of us feel this way. But what is wrong with not knowing? Like even like the devout atheists are just like, all right, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, it, what's it, wrong it, with not knowing? Yeah. Why do you have to be definite? Right. Yeah. But like that's always like a guy like Pendulette. That's why I brought him up. He's like, just take, just, just smoke this DMT. Just do it, and you tell me what you see and what you feel in that moment isn't real. You tell me it's just a, okay. The it's the the chemicals are making me feel that way. I I disagree. It, maybe they've worked too well. Yeah. But I completely disagree when it comes to just perceiving the world. I think it's scary for a lot of people. I feel like, especially peep smart people, their mm-hmm. ego starts to get in the way, and they go, "Well, I'm I'm a smart person, and I've I've heard all the evidence, I've seen all the facts, like a Sam Harris kind of guy, right? Like, uh, I've seen all the facts, I've I've seen the evidence, and uh, I'm an atheist, and and this is why, and it's definitive, and that's it. And it's, I think it's because they're they're afraid to they're afraid to live in, in the mystery, in like the wonder, in the mm-hmm. unknown, because. I've had enough experiences uh, in my life that that makes me think whatever we think is going on is way beyond our our comprehension. We there's no possible way that we could actually break it down and understand it with the brains that we currently have. Oh right yeah, now. we just can't. Well, they, they do, this. and we're not meant to. 
We're yeah. kind of we're kind of not meant to. I, I talked about this on a show before. I had a, a real breakthrough psychedelic experience where I took a um, I did the Terrence McKenna heroic dose of five dried grams in silent darkness. I think I did like six grams in of a, mushrooms. The, you did it in a tank or in uh, in my room, just okay, like just completely dark. Okay. Yeah, and I had this real breakthrough experience. But I also had kind of a, a little bit of a scary experience too because it was like. Oh, like I'm not really supposed to find out like this information, you know? It's like I felt like I kind of broke the system, oh, okay. like I broke the game a little bit. Like it's kind of like, yeah, like this is, dude, this is a game that you're in right now, mm-hmm. and you're just supposed to have fun with it, and you know, obviously question, search for truth, but you don't want to like ruin the game. You know what I mean? You don't want to like. And I think it's like Joe, skipping to the last page of a book. Yeah, it's like it's or it's like entering the cheat codes in a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like and Joe Rogan said this about why he doesn't smoke DMT anymore. He's like, he got this feeling of when he was walking around, just going like, I don't buy this. Like this isn't real. Like I don't, I don't buy this anymore. Well, I mean, the kind of the way I think about it is, uh, you know, uh, Adventures in Flatland. You know that they use that as an analogy for like uh, string theory, almost like uh, why we can't perceive or even think about what a fourth dimensional yeah. being is. Okay, so they they ha- uh, like uh, so in f- that book is like this two dimensional being figures out how to jump and mm. then can't explain what. The- so I almost feel like you just jumped. Like right. it's not like you didn't really ruin exactly. the game. Like yes. this is still real. That is real. You've just you've just used something to help you explain. The shit you can't explain. Like, it's a weird... Like, all right, way smarter people than me come up with things like uh, fourth dimensional space. But I just hear it and go, okay, I need to rationalize that because I can't because I'm not as smart as a guy like Michio Kaku or something. No, So I'm like, all. all right, I'm going to take these drugs and whatever they tell me about these thoughts I'm having about this thing that I'm not smart enough to understand, I'm just going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, but that the, the, these drugs could be used other than like recreationally. They could be used as like tools to oh. helping us, helping us evolve our consciousness, understand. Dude, think about the dosing for depression is the best. Yes, on I agree. I, like I heard you get you talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I was doing it on LSD. Yeah. When I closed, when I closed my business last year, I was just in this funk. You know, you yeah. lose, you lose your sense of direction, mm-hmm. and. Everything was kind of like gray, and I remember I was going up to Mount Kisco, New York, and I just yeah. took like, like, you know, a tenth of a like, like a tiny amount of mushrooms, right? And just like sub perceptual yeah, dose, but just even on the subway to get to the Metro North, it just the colors were brighter, and everything felt okay, and I was just like kind of like happy, right? And I was just like, it just snapped me right out, and I just did it like for a week. I just microdosed every day for a week. I ate an eighth of mushrooms over the span of about twelve days. Yeah, and. uh I was done, and then I was just like, "Oh, I just feel better now. Now I can go tackle a project." You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's it microdosing is amazing. It's yeah. I think that's the future. Like, get rid of Prozac. Get right. rid of all that shit. Right. Like that. You want to normalize that shit? Do it this way. Put these things in fucking capsule form, and just be like, "Here, eat this with your breakfast." I think that's really the way. You were doing it with LSD, right? Yes. How is like? Is that? How is that? How is that? Because I heard you say so, it's better than Adderall, which sounds fucking awesome. Exactly. So it's uh, so I got this book by this guy, Doctor James Fodeman. Maybe I'll get him on the podcast one day. Brilliant guy. He's a, he's a guy that actually did experiments like in the '60s when LSD was legal, mm-hmm. and they were conducting experiments at universities and stuff. And they had these scientists that worked at like Bell Labs or something like that, and they and they had them in a room, and they uh, they said, "All right, you have a problem that you're working with. We're going to dose you with this, and then you come out and you." These guys solved all their problems. They went on to write like new codes to things and invent new things. 
So he talks about this in his book, and he lays out like this strategy of microdosing where you do it every fourth day. Mm. So you do, and it's like 10 to 20 micrograms, I think, whatever whatever it is. So I did that uh, for uh, like a month. And um, yeah, I mean, I felt like I felt like I was on, when I, when I microdosed, I felt like I was on Adderall, but without the all the bad, everything good about Adderall, take away all the bad. The slight headache and inability to like actually have thoughts. Yeah, you're kind of, it's, Adderall kind of sucks your personality out yeah. a little bit. So this was just like that, but maybe Adderall is a bad way to describe it. It was like basically like having maybe like 20 cups of coffee. Okay. Take out all the negative. No, there's nothing negative about microdosing. I mm. never felt any negative. All I felt was on point. I'll tell you, I actually took Adderall with a microdose of shrooms once because I just was not feeling well. This was maybe the second time I was microdosing, the second round of it. Yeah. Um, and it was the worst feeling of my life. Like, yeah. That's the only bad experience I had is when I introduced probably a pill I could get prescribed if I went. Yeah, out. it's bad. But, Adderall's yeah. bad shit, man. It's like meth. It's meth. I mean, it's really good for cleaning your house, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it is really great for that. Maybe they should market it differently to like housewives. Yeah. Like, do you have a dirty house? That's what they used to do with Coke, right? Take Adderall. That was the old pitch for cocaine when it was legal. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, like cocaine in like a vacuum? Exactly. It was like making it okay to vacuum your house. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird because I mean, like, I, I was prescribed Adderall when I was uh, when I was in high school, man. It messes you up, dude. It really messes you up. I gotta ask it messes you more your about brain that, up. The, the LSD thing because I do use Adderall like too often. Go ahead, ask me. No, I mean, like, just <laughs> where'd you get that? Pres- oh, oh, like, I'm talking about Adderall. I, I gotta be yeah. like, yeah, I want to give that a shot. Like, yeah, I mean, when you're like, there's no, there's but. If you're going, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing any of this stuff, you know, just research it yourself. Like, don't take my word for it. Don't take what, what Chris is saying for it. You know, make sure that you do do research. Like, anytime I ever do know anything like this, dude, yeah, you gotta like whatever's good for me is not good for you. You gotta know what your but you gotta know your body, know your mind. You gotta know your environment, and you know, just to definitely do research, ask questions. Set and setting is very important, and and you know the. I, I learned about this, uh, you know, through uh, also another guy, Tim Ferriss. He was he's a big guy of like oh, yeah. experimenting on on too. himself, yeah. you know. And I like to experiment on myself, but I like to do it the right way. Like I yeah. I take a lot of risks, but like I make sure that I I'm always doing it in like kind of a controlled setting yeah, yeah, yeah. where I've already read like two books and like a bunch of you know watched a bunch of YouTube videos on it. And You're stuff better than and, me because I just go to a subreddit. Like I was fucking around. Yeah, with new, I was fucking yeah. around with Nootropics. I'm not for big a while. on Reddit actually. They, well, there's yeah. a microdosing subreddit, okay. so I checked that out, and then I did do some reading because I wasn't going to do that without doing at least like scholarly articles. Like I right. was, I, I didn't read any books on it, but I did read like articles, and I was like, "All well, right, I'm going to." That's sure. the great thing when you when you when you find out. Like for the first the first time that I did LSD was uh, when I heard that Steve Jobs said it was the best thing that he's ever done in his life, and mm-hmm. then I read his autobiography, and I was like. I was like, wait a second. I was like, how is this possible? Steve Jobs is saying this is the greatest thing. This guy's like a huge success. And um, and then I started researching and I found out they were like doing tests at Harvard and stuff. So I'm like, like I thought this was like a street drug that like makes you crazy. You know, like that's what you learn about when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. learn that, oh, that they were experimenting on it in Harvard. That it was. You don't even learn that it was invented by a scientist. You know, <laughs> you just yeah. think that it's like this fucking drug. It's like this bad drug. So look, these drugs like they're obviously they have they have there's downsides to them. They could they could be abused. You know, they're not for everybody, but there's totally benefits for them. I mean, I've had so much fun tripping with my friends. Oh yeah. I've had so much fun and I've and I've gained so much knowledge. I've learned so much and like you were like talking about before about cognitive liberty, 
I just feel like for me, it all came together. Like it opened my mind. And if we, if these, if these things were legal, if these things were able to be, uh, researched and studied and people were able to have access to them for like depression, for ADHD, ADD, things like that, uh, help with addiction, mm. you know, it definitely helps with addiction as well. These, these psychedelic drugs, oh, I think like Ibogaine and stuff. You mean Ibogaine, ayahuasca, uh, LSD, MDMA, they're showing, oh, they're, uh, you, they're doing MDMA testing. Maps, that, that seems... maps is doing MDMA testing for soldiers with PTSD. I think what about for, not for addiction, for PTSD, for PTSD. Yeah, I, do yeah. know that. I did know that for addiction, uh, ayahuasca has mm. been shown for addiction. I, really? I mean, I went and did ayahuasca, and I definitely had some addictive tendencies, and uh, and I feel like I'm a lot better now, you know. And, and, okay. and it's it's been shown to help people with like serious addictions, alcoholism, mm-hmm. smoking, uh, cocaine. You well, know. it seems like it. All right, so like the way addiction works, it, at least to my knowledge, is it reroutes passageways in your brain to kind of give you a one track mind in, in certain aspects, right? Like that. So yeah. So the, imagine that stuff just kind of flushes because I think it just blocks it just changes and blocks pathways so I'd imagine like ayahuasca or ibogaine just like that it let's just flush you out it's like uh, x lax yeah so the leading the leading um, expert on addiction mm-hmm. is uh, Dr. Gabor uh, Mate and uh, I actually interviewed his uh, daughter-in-law who was down there at the center that I went to um, to do ayahuasca and his theory is his a uh, I guess it's more than a theory because it's it's true. He wrote a book called In the Realm of uh, Hungry Ghosts, Battles with Addiction, or On the Frontiers of Addiction. I forget what the subtitle is. Sorry. Fuck that up. But uh, his whole thing about addiction is basically like, look, things happen to us when we're children, when we're zero to seven years old. We have vague, no memory of them, really, Mm -hmm. what happens. But whatever happens to us, we develop these coping mechanisms because we don't know how to deal with things. No child is like, well, uh, you know, this my parents are screaming and that must mean that their marriage is falling apart. So, you know, no one really knows how to analyze that and break it down when you're that age. So you don't have context. You have nothing. Yeah. yeah. So you're just this empty vat of nothing. So you develop these coping mechanisms. And a lot of people develop addictions out of those coping mechanisms because they feel comfortable. Mm. Food, okay, you know, yeah. internet, porn, um, fucking booze, whatever it is. There's lots of addictions. Lots of people have addictions. For some reason in our society, we only really give credence to like the substance, the, abuse. The substance abuse ones. And for some reason, sex now. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's look. I mean, sex. I don't know about that, but I, I do know, I know, I do know that like, I think internet porn addiction or just internet addiction in general is a thing. Well, is I think sex addiction is masturbation addiction. Like, I, I really don't. Oh, think is it? Like, well, I mean, anybody that I've known that's uh, had like habits like that, I think it's just it's. Yeah, you want to act out sexually, but it's mostly you're you're spending an hour a day jumping oh, okay. off, even if you're not having sex. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and and that's and like, because you you think about what happens when you do that. I mean, what what, what happens when you're when you're stroking your salami? You you yeah. have a good. You it feels good. You're all you know? you're zeroed in on what you're like, especially with internet. You're releasing dopamine. Yeah, yeah you're getting and and you're increasing novelty. All these new. You're looking at all these girls, all this stuff. Or even if you're just somebody that spends spends like whatever, like you said, like an hour just jerking off or whatever in your bathroom every morning or in the shower, or whatever. It's 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 a habit that you're doing. And it's definitely something that's coming out of a, a of an addictive pathway. It's definitely it's definitely setting an addictive pathway into your. Well, I think the problem is, call, is almost calling it addiction, right? Like, just call it 
it's compulsive behavior, right? Like so, it's, it's even it's, addiction it's, is what it is. It's compulsion. It's, yeah, it's it's but it's it, what it is. It's it's actually harming you because you're 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 inserting yourself in this comfort zone to mm. feel good, to feel safe. You know, it's almost like uh, when people that smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes, and I would totally say that like having a cigarette was like almost like having a friend. You know, it's like I'm smoking a cigarette. Like I feel like it gives you something to do. It gives me something to do. I feel. Uh, I feel warm inside. Like I feel good. I just I feel like I have something. I have someone. I have somebody. And I feel like that's uh, what a lot of people want. And when they're missing those things, especially when they've when they've missed those things when they were children, they develop these coping mechanisms that become addictions. Mm-hmm. And it, the comfort is just it feels too good to stop doing it. So you're just it's all this comfort. So anyway, so what we but what do we do? I mean, we treat addicts like shit. You know, we fucking arrest people. We throw them in jail. We 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 need to have a better understanding of this but, kind of stuff. But again, I. I think it's like because we I don't think all right because when you call something an addiction yeah I think there's this weird thing right so you're an addict so you do this because you're addicted to it it's like no it's a compulsion why are you compelled to do it and it's not necessarily because you're addicted to it you're compelled to do it yeah to get away from this whatever right, it is yes. whatever escaping like, yeah, you're escaping exactly I mean that's what got you to be an addict in the first place right I mean every almost everybody I know they got addicted to heroin Almost, I'm not going to say everybody, but most of the guys, and I know a lot. I mean, I'm from fucking Brooklyn, and I'm a fucking goon. Everybody got addicted to Oxycontin, and now they're addicted to heroin. Yeah. Right? So, fucking, and these guys were all, father died, mother committed suicide, like, uh, and just needed to still hang out in the corner and pretend nothing was wrong. Still needed to sit and crack jokes and not be, just, you could have just cried. It would have been fine. I would have came over to your house and watched. Right, right. But instead, it's just like, we're going to just, uh push this down so now it's like now it's just avoiding getting sick that's why you're addicted to heroin now but it started off with just not wanting to have those feelings like i don't know have you ever done any like strong opiates mm. okay the first time i ever took oxycontin i didn't really know i just thought it was like taking a vicodin i didn't realize how strong it was i took mm. an oxycontin 80 and i was a 40 in already my buddy gives me an oxycontin 80 i eat it i'm drinking it. he's like you'll probably be fine if you just drink that 40 and i'm like this is my second 40 and he was just like, oh, you're going to be fucked up. And then about 15 minutes later, I was just like, oh, I know why this is popular. And he's like, why? I was like, because I could totally work a shift at Walmart right now. That's why everybody loves this. Yeah. Well, it, it relieves you of like every single pain and problem yeah. that you have. It just, you're just it's you're just in your body all right. of a sudden. You're not in the world. You're just in your body. Yeah. Like, and it, you, you're out of your mind. You're just, you're just in your body. It's just, it's just you and you're just itching. And you're scratching, and that was that was a big problem. I, I had a friend that that, that died because uh, of that. I've had friends that were addicted and stuff like that. It's it's a huge huge problem, and I know a lot of people probably it's probably a still a problem, a big problem. And I think now it's kind of there's more of a heroin um, thing going on right now. And for years it was oxycontin. For years it was oxycontin because, because they finally did something about the oxycontin. Now everybody's addicted to heroin. It's well, because they can't get the oxycontin. Yeah. So they go to the heroin. Yeah. Well, because you can't crush oxycontin anymore. That's actually the thing is they put. Yeah. Some stuff in it. You can't cook it up and shoot it anymore, and you can't. Like, I think you could still sm- you could still base it. You could still cook it like crack and smoke it, which I think has got to be the worst thing for you in but the, the world. Th- yeah, this is and this is a thing. I remember watching an episode of like Anthony Bourdain. He's talking to this doctor, and she's like, "Yeah, in my training, you know, we were just told write him oxycontin, just write him the prescription. If they have this, 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 that, just write it. No questions asked. Just dole it out. Just Why? keep doling it. Why? Because." 
<laughs> because the government is the biggest drug dealers on the yeah. planet. Because we've had troops in Afghanistan guarding yeah, yeah, poppy yeah. fields for the past fucking ten years. It's pretty. Nobody funny wants to admit it. Nobody wants to take a look at it. And that's really the case. You know, at home they're 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 scheduling. I did this on last week's episode. We talked about CBD. How the government comes out and says that uh, marijuana is a Schedule One drug, and at the same time they have a patent filed on CBD oil. You know, and yeah, it's yeah, like, I did hear you say that. That's crazy. It's fucking insane, man. And you know, people want to think that we they want to pretend that, you know, whatever it is. And I think a lot of times what it is is uh, people are like, it's a little fucked up, man. It's a little fucked up to look at the like, it's almost like, you know, your government who you love and you trust your whole life to look at them like almost like your parents, like they know what's best for you. And then, you know, most people have this attitude, I feel like the average American maybe. And to look at them and go, oh, you're, you've been abusing me the whole time. You've been lying, cheating and stealing the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard. You want to, you're like in, a lot of people are in denial. They don't want to admit it. They don't want it's, it's to, they don't want to come to the, come to those facts. And that's what psychedelics have, have done, have done for me. They gave me yeah. that jolt that I always had this inner feeling my whole life that like something was wrong, something's fucked up, something's not right, something doesn't make sense. And just like in one year, I learned about libertarianism and psychedelics together that same year. I'm, I'm reading Ron Paul on LSD. And now you're doing two podcasts. And now I'm doing two podcasts about him, yeah. You're basically, I don't know what you did for college, but you basically have a liberal arts degree. If you have two podcasts, it should be the same thing as having a liberal arts degree at this point. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much. <laughs> I went to fucking Buffalo. I got a degree in communication. I started off as an English uh, major, and then they, they like we were supposed to read like Jane Eyre or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to read this shit. Like, what? what? If you're an English major, why do you have to read all those like shitty old English books? Like from like 16th century England. I don't want to read that stuff. I want to read what I want to read. All right. I want to read Dr. Rick Strassman. He's, he puts out some good books, man. There's a lot of good books on on psychedelics and, and drugs and stuff. And uh, yeah, this has been a good episode, man. We're at the hour mark. I think we can probably go a little longer if you want. You have anything yeah, else you want to talk I'm about? Uh, well, actually, what did I want to talk about? There was something related to. Oh, I wanted to. I guess I wanted to kind of talk about the bad trip thing that I sent you. But I, I think we kind of touched on it. Like even like bad trips. Right. Are, I sent you that article on Twitter, yeah. and it's just. Uh, I think that even bad trips, there's something people get something out of it because they're just For like sure. I had to fight it, like this adversity. Yeah. Like I said, the the highs come with the lows. You know what I mean? I don't know what like you said. You had one yourself where it was just a bad trip. Oh, I've had tons of bad trips. And like every time you, I don't think you take something good out of everything, but I think some of them. You certainly. I always get something take something good out of, good out of them. I do. I had a. <laughs> Yeah, I had some uh I had some bad trips. I remember one of them was uh like I I was really I, I mean I did a lot. I don't recommend doing this, but I did a lot of uh stuff at the same time. So I probably ate like an eighth of mushrooms, took like two tabs of LSD and was on uh Molly as well. <laughs> That's pretty intense. I've done I've done a lot of drugs together, but I would never do those three together. I mean, it was amazing for while it lasted. But uh, I think I like short circuited like something in my bot. So I just uh, we were at some like hotel party. I was in California and uh, and I just like got naked, completely naked, and was like running around, like twitching and twirling all over the place. And I was just like, "What well, was this an environment where this was accepted?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, people okay. were all. Everyone was partying. Everyone was doing the same thing. But uh, some of my friends were like, "Oh, like, I think he's like you know." And the weird thing about it was, I remember everything that happened. Like I was, my body just kind of like my nervous system must have just like overloaded and I kind of lost control of my body and I just needed to like get out of my clothes and like yeah it was um, probably like overheating or something too it was just I just was like ah fuck this what is this like I gotta I gotta be free like you know 
uh, I am a golden god, you know, like jump off the roof into, it really a, into the pool. really sound like a bad trip. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad trip, but I, I think like for other for other people, they were like worried. They were like, "Oh, like he's like he's really kind of like lost it." You know, he mm-hmm. really. There's. I had like that. That's not. It wasn't really a bad trip. It was fun. It was crazy. It was cool. But there was a period where I was like, I might not come back from. Like sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, I think I went too far. I think I. Okay. I think I went off the deep end too much. I, I really did it to myself this time, Brancatelli. You're not coming back. You really. What are people gonna think? They're gonna be at your funeral. You're gonna be like. How'd he die? I don't know. Two hits of acid, three grams of mushrooms. You know? I, yeah, I've had some nights. I've had some nights where I'm like, oh my god, I hope I don't die, just because I can't imagine like my, one of my relatives seeing the toxicology report. Yeah. Like, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, he was on what? Oh, yeah. PCP, ketamine, and ecstasy. Oh, he got what he deserved. Then fuck him. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like almost. Oh, like- ketamine. That's something that gets glossed over. No one ever talks about ketamine, and and we were talking about this like last week. How ketamine actually has been shown to uh, help people with depression and stuff, I, right? I absolutely think it's it's crazy. Uh, my my buddy my buddy Dave. I was at a party and I ran into another kid. He was like, dude. I got because the K you get now isn't. It's all imported now. Like mm. you used to get good K from vets and cook it up yourself. Yeah. And now it's all comes from Mexico. And I don't know what it is. It's not as good as the stuff that was around <laughs> in the nineties. Like, and uh, I bought K in Mexico. Yeah, you can. I just it's just not. <laughs> yeah. There's something about it that's not the same. But this kid goes like, I got the good stuff again, and he gives me some. And my buddy Dave was just like, he's like. I'm so furious that you're in such a good mood. This is the best mood I've ever seen you in, and I'm like, it just does something where it like, I can imagine microdosing that yeah. must just like clean away any feeling of fucking hatred you have. Like yeah. anytime I've ever done that, like a lot of people it doesn't agree with, but for me, and it's my favorite drug. Anytime yeah. I've ever done it, and there is like a weird. You ever have like a psychedelic experience? Yes, of it course. It definitely alters your totally yeah perception of physical reality. So there is something to it. And like a lot of guys who are like, what do they call them, like psychonauts, like people who are really trying to explore the trips, yeah. a lot of them will just like get in a float tank with a drip of ketamine. Yeah. And a lot of people die like that. Whoa. But like that's like what some, that's how some people try to get to the next level of right. like float tank stuff. Yeah. So I think, I, I think that's going to be promising research once they actually do it. Because since it's a pharmaceutical, they'll probably let it get further than they will with mushrooms. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I, love, I love this kind of stuff because it's like, it's just, these things have so many awesome uses. Not only are they going to be good for people with like depression and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, but also getting further into your into humankind's yeah. consciousness. Like we were mentioning before, some of the greatest questions of all time: Who are we? Where do we come from? Right? We, Nobody we fucking know. knows. Yeah. People, people try and make up these answers through religion and through other things. And it's like, look, let's just open the door. Let's experiment with this stuff in a responsible way. Let's educate people. You know, if there was, if I was educated on this stuff in the in a proper way, if I knew what I knew now when I was younger, I would have had, you know, the, the, we we <laughs> there would have been much more careful uh, attention put on, you know, any time that I what was doing what I was yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I was feeling, and I would have been able to actually learn and know what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling this way, documenting it. Like now, yeah. I, I feel like I'm in a place where, like, I don't think I'm doing. I'm. I would like to do. Like, I know you went down and did the ayahuasca thing. I would yeah. like to do that at some point, but I, I can't see me just like I'm not going to a music festival and eating mushrooms. I'm just beyond that and where I am mentally. Yeah. Like, but like. I would. I wish when I was doing it, like there's like 
probably 30 wasted trips in there before I really kind of understood it. And I think it took kind of growing some in my house. Yeah. Till I, and just like seeing them grow and some about it fucked with me. Like I felt like they're, you know, people say there's like, they feel there's a communication between mushrooms and like other animals. Yeah. I just, you certainly feel that when you're like watering them every day and handling them. There's something beyond that. And I wish when I was in that moment, because like, even when I like, I, I really knew what I knew now. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I had never heard of Rick Strassman when I was doing all this. I had never heard of Terrence McKenna. Right. And I find out all this stuff afterwards, and I'm like, fuck. I know I'm just not in that place anymore to go back and do that stuff. Right. But I wish I, I, wish I had this. They keep all the good stuff away from you when you're a kid, yeah. when you're growing up. All the people that are kind of... You know, pushed aside, yeah, dangerous ideas yeah. and things like that, because these are the ideas that disturb the the structures of of an organized society, of like a good 1950s wholesome society. You know, yeah. this is what we want America to be, and you know, it's 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 a real fucking shame, man. It's a real shame that so many people had to like die and get their lives, you know, get thrown in jail and and stuff like that, and you know, yeah. people. In the 60s, this revolution that was supposedly supposed to happen, I mean, you had all these people taking uh, these drugs. They're all new. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. And when I went to go down to do ayahuasca, it's like an ancient tradition. There's like thousands of years. These people are like the fucking... Uh, this guy Aubrey Marcus says it is like uh, the LeBron James of tripping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay. they're like they're like people. They've gone they're there. They're, they're far yeah. more advanced. They've they've gone to these worlds. They've gone to these realms before, and they've mapped out the territory. They know what it is, and they know how to explain it to people. They know how to guide people through uh, these experiences and stuff. And it's like we could totally use that in our society. I think that we're evolving to a higher state of consciousness. I think more people are are curious. I think the internet has a lot uh, to do with that you know podcasts like this people like Joe Rogan and stuff and the fact that you know that I'm not I'm not trying to say that everyone's going to be fucking tripping out all day every day and and that they necessarily should, should. Have, everybody should have everybody should have the experience. right everybody should have the right to to uh, explore their their insides and what their they mind. want to do. and listen if you if anybody's listening to this maybe they're listening to it and they haven't done drugs they want to get back to it i mean i've had Pretty damn close psychedelic experiences in float tanks. Mm, oh yeah, so me too, like yeah. yeah, like so like that's an option for you too. Yeah. Like if you want to explore something that way, and I think that's like an underrated. Like, I think people like I hate to bring it back, but people want something like it's like when you're treating depression, it's diet, exercise, and sun and sunlight, right? Like that's like the main yeah. things before yeah. you try microdosing. Right. Diet, exercise, sunlight, right? Yeah. So I think this is the same way all, with other things like with meditation and like a float tank. But totally. People, people want it to be this, you no know, pop a pill and feel better. Yeah, that's the society that we live in. We live in the, because we live in a very material world. Like if you look at it, if you look at America right now, mm-hmm. there's no spirituality, man. I mean, there's, there's sex of, you know, there's little, there's people, faux spirituality. There's little people that are, yeah, there's a lot of fake spiritual people, but there's no real, like, deep rooted understanding of, like, who we are, our minds, how the brain works, what is consciousness, what is collective. If is there a collective consciousness? Is there something called morphic resonance, as uh, Rupert Sheldrake talks about? Um, it, you know, what is this life? Where are we? How do we relate to the cosmos, to the earth? We have no connection to that kind of stuff whatsoever. So what do we do? We're just running around like a bunch of fucking chickens with our heads cut off, popping pills, drinking coffee, getting drunk, you know, fucking just trying to solve every problem with a, with, with a, a surface level solution, you know, bombing people, screaming at people, yelling at people on Twitter, getting into fights on Reddit. All this kind of stuff. It's yeah. like we're just crazy. We've we've created this insanity. It's like we need to dial it back a little bit. And I and I think that uh, 
you know the this this kind of stuff needs to be out there more in the in the mainstream so people have actually know what it is and vice did a good job recently vice put out an article um and they're always doing cool shit vice is always doing cool shit but they put out an article about um psychedelics and high times had this uh person on uh, maps and so it's just you know this this stuff I think needs to just kind of give it some time. I think give it some time and I think like more people will be open. I just want people to have more of an open mind. Dude, when you when you understand kind of when you, like we were talking about before people get defensive about religions and stuff, it's cuz they're scared. It's cuz they're afraid. It's cuz they don't understand. Mm-hmm. When you understand when you have more of an understanding of yourself and the world, Things are a lot cooler. You kind of don't. There's need a the lot ritual. more peace. There's a lot more peace. People are a lot more chill, mm-hmm. and, and and society's a lot more cool. And we can stop, you know, worrying about all this bullshit that a lot of people have to worry about. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I, it's weird, man. You kind of think about it, and you, you you see the starting of something. I wonder. I always There's wonder already, to me definitely. if like. Uh, if every generation thinks the cool shit's going to happen in the next generation. It, but it does, doesn't it? I, I guess in a way it does, but like, you know what I mean? All right, when people saw, the people who died the year of the moon landing probably would have thought that we'd all live on space stations. Yeah, well, yeah. Definitely. You know, you get yeah. what I mean? Like, like right now I see like self-driving cars starting and I see this. The, even the consciousness, just the way people are thinking, like yeah, we're all getting mad, and there's this dissonance right now. But eventually, we're gonna come to some conclusion. Like mm-hmm. it, it feels that way. But do they feel that way every generation? Like do they like? Yeah, I think I think they do, and I think I think there's there's definitely always more hope for society's future in enlightened generations mm. in generations where people are enlightened where they're thinking about big ideas where they're making big inventions so like the industrial revolution as opposed to post war the cold war you know what i mean yeah like- i mean like in any in any era in time where there's there's big ideas happening where there's a lot of change happening because mm. there's a lot of freedom there's a lot of individual freedom or there's a lot of um people getting high, you know, on something, you know, right? Like, yeah. like during the, like the 60s, like the 60s, big revolutionary change forward. Um, alcohol played a big part in alcohol and weed played a big part in uh, the American Revolution. Mm. They're, people, they're getting drunk, smoking weed, yeah, yeah. you know, talking about let's overthrow this fucking tyrannical Britain. Uh, in coffee was big in the traditional what we call the Enlightenment in Europe. And they would go to coffee shops and people huh. would get really fucking jacked up on coffee. Yeah. So all throughout history, there's been, there's been revolutionary times. And there's been a push forward, but the push forward always comes when there's more freedom. When people mm. are when people are more free to explore ideas, you know, we think about it like you were talking about the moon landing, right? It's like, yeah, we were we were free to go to space and explore explore out there. We need to be now free to go in here in this yeah, space, yeah, yeah. you know, and that we're gonna explore some shit and it's gonna be cool and we're gonna evolve. We're gonna have. We're gonna have nobody expected this iPhone. Like nobody thought that yeah. that this was gonna happen. That we were all gonna be walking around with this j- fucking computer. We solved in information. Our pocket. We solved the problem of information. Right. Yeah. And nobody knew. Yeah. You know. And there. It's and true. I always I like to talk about like uh, people thought that Manhattan was gonna be a total wasteland because before cars were invented, there were just horses taking shits, shits everywhere, everywhere, and they yeah. yeah they didn't know what to do with it. Nobody could have possibly imagined the car. So the next frontier is gonna happen if we have the more freedom we have, uh, the more 
uh, people are able to explore their minds and, the, and, and all that stuff, the more that we're going to innovate and the more that we're going to see shit happening in the future that's going to blow our minds. That we're not going to, no one's going to fucking, no one's going to yeah. know. We're yeah. not going to know what it is. We're just going to have to wait and see. You know? I think that's as good a note to fucking. Let's end on that. Yeah. That's. All right. Deep shit. If you like the show, if you like the show, if you're a fan of the show, please leave me a five star rating and review on iTunes. I mean, you can leave whatever star you want, but why wouldn't you leave five star if you like the show? So go find Mike Adelic on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. Um, hopefully, other places uh, wherever you find podcasts. But Mike Adelic, M I K E. No A. Some people were spelling it with an A. Micah? I, I would have done that too. It sounds like it, but it's an E. It's like psychedelic, but Micadelic, M I K E. Also, you know there's like 10 rappers named Mike Adelic. Really? I had to put Mike Adelic Podcast. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I had no idea. Literally had no idea. The Mike Adelic Podcast. I, I like just calling it Mike Adelic. Yeah. But anyway. But they're going to get redirected. To Mike Adelic Podcast. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Go leave a rating, review, share it, like it. Um, and we'll see you next week. Peace. We are not interested in being regulated by the state, manipulated by the state. The state should stand down.